the Rugby World Cup on Off The Ball. We could be World Cup champions. We'll be the Irish team to take you all the way to the final. The opportunity sitting in all. Subscribe now at offtheball.com forward slash join. Allez les verts. Rugby Daily on Off The Ball. With Deliveroo, get top local restaurants delivered throughout the Rugby World Cup. Deliveroo, it's all on your doorstep. Welcome to Wednesday's Rugby Daily. My name is Richie McCormack and on the way today, a decision on Jack Conan has been made ahead of Ireland's date with Tonga. We hear from Keith Earls, Craig Casey and Ireland's performance coach Gary Keegan. And World Cup organisers are confident that huge queues outside tournament stadia are a thing of the past. While choral anthems are here to stay, it seems, for now at least. Rugby Daily is brought to you in partnership with Deliveroo. Get top local restaurants delivered throughout the Rugby World Cup. Deliveroo, it's on your doorstep. First up today, Jack Conan is definitively out of Ireland's World Cup pool B meeting with Tonga this Saturday. The Leinster back row returns to on-field training today in tour, five weeks on from suffering a foot injury in the warm-up win over Italy. Team manager Mick Carney gave an update on Conan's fitness today. Very good training session today and um, everybody came through that really well. Uh, Jack without running which was a real positive and while Saturday will come a little bit early for him I think that the signs are really positive in terms of being available to train fully next week and hopefully be available for South Africa so he's been doing most of his rehab in the gym uh, with the physios and today was obviously a very big day for him in terms of getting out and and running and uh, he ran really well and was really positive and uh, in in a good place afterwards. Keith Earls was also on media duty today. This is the Munster Wingers' fourth World Cup, but he's given some insight into how the structure around this one differs from his previous trips. Definitely a bit more relaxed, I think, in the, vi- in, in the environment. Um, but I think we, we know to deal with pressure a lot better now as a group. Um, but we know we know how big these these tournaments are. And, you know, we've, we've had a good welcome in tour. And, you know, it's been... It's been great, yeah. There's set to be some very familiar faces in the Tongan team this Saturday with ex-Munster centre Malachi Fekatoa and former Ulsterman Charles Piatow likely to be included. Scrum half Craig Casey was asked what he's expecting from the Kingdom of Tonga in Nantes. Yeah, they've got really good players. Um, there's some serious players that have um, came back to Tonga that have shown their hand in previous World Cups and have a lot of, a lot of experience behind them. Um, we know they're going to be physical, um, but they've got some really good ball players as well. I think Avili at 10 is a very good boot and he's um, a very smart player as well, so he'll probably put them around the place nicely and get their big ball carriers into into the game. So I know obviously Mala very well from uh, his time at Munster, so I know how physical he can be, so um, we're expecting that this weekend. We'll hear more from the Ireland camp, including interesting and rare insight from performance coach Gary Keegan later on in the pod. For any of you listening, heading to Nantes, World Cup organisers are confident there will be no repeat of the long queues for entry to stadiums this weekend. Ireland's opening fixture in Bordeaux, along with England's meeting in Argentina in Marseille, saw large volumes of frustrated fans still outside as the games got underway. But speaking today, tournament director Michel Pousseau believes those issues have been rectified. Now, this being said, it's, it's very clear that not everything went perfectly well during the first weekend, and that's not really a surprise to us because it's always very complex to start. Um, now the point is we, we are very confident in our capacity and in the capacity of, of our organizing committee which we are completely in line and which we which whom we are working hand in hand to, to address these challenges and to find the, the, the relevant solutions and, and uh, Jacques and Julien will say a word on this. So we are completely confident which doesn't mean of course and, and never will we be complacent 
We have uh, our fans and our teams at heart, and our ambition is obviously always uh, to deliver the best for them. Uh, so as I said, we, we want to acknowledge the frustration of some of our fans, for example, for not being able to make their way uh, to the stadium in Marseille uh, or in Bordeaux, as it should have been. But we're very confident that this will be fixed uh, over the weekend. As I mentioned on Monday's Rugby Daily, the anthems could be set for a tweaking ahead of this weekend's round of fixtures. The choral versions, known as the choir scrum, haven't gone down too well among some former pros and pundits. But according to RMC, in France, the host nation and Uruguay will stick with the choral versions of their anthems for tomorrow night's game in Lille. However, Michel Pousseau admits that there will be tweaks down the line, which could include fading down the choral version to allow the rest to be sung a cappella. We've clearly understood and received the feedback both from fans, obviously, but from teams as well. And we, we all know that the anthems, as Jacques has said, uh, is, anthems is a central part of uh, the fan, the team's experience and the player's experience. So we've definitely understood that feedback. And unfortunately, we understand it didn't work or it hasn't worked as well as we hoped. So this, which is why we are now working in partnership with uh, France 2023, but in partnership with our unions as well. But uh, new versions, which we hope will combine uh, the, the best of both worlds, basically, where we can have uh, anthems which will be closer to expectations from all, but which will uh, still have that uh, touch from, from these kids, which I want to insist on this, have been amazing and have been working very hard, have been very much involved, and which who sorry, deserve to be part of this tournament. And we think they deserve to be part of the anthems. So that's what we're working on. And hopefully this will be the, the new version approved by all unions. Tournament director Pousseau was also asked about the perceived inconsistencies in refereeing decisions across the first weekend of the competition. I'll start by saying that, um, no surprise, refereeing is certainly one of the hardest job in, in the sport, maybe right after Julien's job at the moment. And um, and our responsibility collectively is obviously trying to make the, the ref life as easy as possible by always supporting them, which is what we do at World Rugby. Um, we know we have the best of the best in that uh, refereeing team, and, and uh, I personally don't think I should uh, comment on, on decisions which are very much related to the pitch and to, uh, to our team of referees. Now, Sam Whitelock will equal Richie McCall's All Blacks record of 148 caps on Friday night. He's named in their second row alongside the fit again Brody Retallick for their Pool A fixture with Namibia in Nice. Retallick's return is one of nine changes to the team beaten by France on opening night in Saint-Denis, but there's still no sign of Captain Sam Kane or Jordy Barrett, both of whom continue to work their way back from injury. Head coach Ian Foster says there's no reason to rush either of them back. You know, I think he's certainly progressing well. Um but probably not as close as we would have liked to, to be fit on Friday. So, um, and, you know, because we're, we're judging their process at the start of the week, really, and he just wasn't as smooth. He had a couple of days that, it, that he sort of plateaued, but the last two days have been really good. So um, so we're hoping that, uh, you know, we'd like to think that he's getting back into training next week. He's um, was certainly moving around well and running around the park today on the, on the sideline better than what he was two days ago. So... Signs are really positive. Yeah, Geordie's the same. Um, look, to be fair with Geordie, it's a it's a knee that's um, that's not too bad, but it's it's just it's just the jarring of it that irritates it. And so, we've had a chance to really just take him out this week and not try to even test it. So, um, we'll be doing that next week in, in Bordeaux when we're there. But um, but he, he's actually behaving himself really well. I thought he'd get very impatient, being Geordie Barrett, but he's actually doing pretty good. 
Foster is also confident that they can get their campaign back on track this weekend and go deep into the knockout phase that despite last week's loss to the hosts. But every team's got a different strategy. Um, you know, and I think I think France's strategy against us was pretty consistent with how they've played regularly for the last two years, so I'm not sure it's particular to us. Um, and like I said at the time, I think largely I thought there was for a significant part of that game, I thought we were dealing with that really, really well. And um, so whilst the, the result, you know, victors are always grinners and, and their strategy is always right, I, we'll, um, we'll, we'll, we've taken some, some painful lessons, but we're still strong believers in what, what we do. And we've just got to make sure that that, that shows up this week. So that All Blacks starting 15 has Bowden Barrett continuing at full back. The wings are manned this week by Caleb Clark and Lester Fainga Anaku. In the centre then, Anton Leonard-Brown retains his place where this week he's partnered by David Havili. Damien McKenzie will start at out half with Cam Roygaard at scrum half. In the front row then, it's Offa Tungafasi. At hooker, it's Samasone Tauke Afo. Nepo Lualua continues at tight head. Then we have that second row partnership of Brody Retallick and Sam Whitelock. Luke Jacobson starts at blindside flanker. Dalton Papali'i is on the open. And Artie Savea once again captains New Zealand from number eight. And Warren Gatlin has made 13 changes to his Wales team to play Portugal in Nice on Saturday. Only Lewis Rees-Samet and Talupe Falatau are retained from their bruising win over Fiji on Sunday last. Captain Dewey Lake is one of four Wales players who will make their World Cup debuts this weekend. The others are Johnny Williams, Mason Grady and Chris Chunza. Tomas Williams will win his 50th cap for the Principality. That Wales team in full has Lee Halfpenny starting for the 101st time at full back. Lewis Rees Samet and Rio Dyer are on the wings. Then it's that centre partnership of Mason Grady and Johnny Williams. Gareth Anscombe comes in at out half. Thomas Williams, as I mentioned, at scrum half. Nicky Smith, Dowie Lake and Dylan Lewis comprise their front row. Chris Chunza is partnered by Daffy Jenkins in the centre. Dan Lydiot will start at blindside flanker. On the open, it's Tommy Raffle and Salupe Falatau continues at number eight. Finally, getting back to the Ireland camp, we got to hear from performance coach Gary Keegan ahead of the Tonga game. His input is said to have been crucial to Ireland's recent form. Keegan has previously worked with the high performance unit of Irish boxing, helping deliver Olympic medals. Dublin GAA and Leinster Rugby have also enlisted his services in recent years. He gave some insight yesterday into how he interacts with the current Ireland rugby squad. This is a, a professional group. They're, they're very professional in, individuals, but they're also a very curious group. So there's no there's no compulsory you have to attend the meeting. The options are left left for the player to decide. Some players will be very regular. Some players will have four check-ins over a campaign because they're managing very well and they're very they're they're very well organised in terms of their, their day-to-day and their weekly plan. Uh, but at a group level, we get to touch everybody. So I think that's why it works for us. We have that collective piece that's aligned to obviously what the coaches are trying to get across, and then that pulls a few players in, and then we have our one-to-one piece. But I'd say we've, we have the guts of 70% of our players who are fully engaged and tapping in. Those who aren't have, have their own processes in place. Keegan also feels that Andy Farrell has his sights set on leading Ireland to the Webb Ellis Trophy in France. It takes a leader who wants to do that. So it takes a leader who has the confidence in himself to want to break the mould uh, and to want to reach for, for the stars. Um, because if, if, if he's not convinced that it can be achieved. It's very hard to convince everybody else that it can be achieved. 
yes, he's 100% convinced. That, that doesn't mean there's any guarantees in terms of where you end up. It, it's about how and it's about what we do and it's about how we respond to difficulties as we face them. You know, we're not expecting the path to be clear or easy. Um, it's not meant to be because it wouldn't be worthwhile if it was. Um, my, my career has been involved in breaking molds. You know, that's, that's an exciting thing to be part of. Um, and I think we have that within this group for sure. And Keegan says Ireland aren't overburdened by their status as one of the tournament favourites, even in light of past failures at the World Cup. We don't really... We're not bothered by it. I think I think this this group wear that skin very well. Um, it, it's not normally in the Irish mentality, uh, but if you're there, you've earned the right. Uh, but but there's a recognition across this entire group, including staff, that we have to continue to earn the right. Nothing is going to be given to us, and and every new performance has to be generated and created. We can't live off a past performance. So I think that's the attitude, this curiosity about how we can improve as a group is there across all roles uh, within the group, not, not just the playing group, the coaching group, but our whole performance support uh, group and, and our operations group is the same. How can we improve and how can we innovate as a group? So keep grounded and stay curious. And the positive attitude around the camp was also hailed today by team manager Mick Carney. Confidence and belief, I'd say, is very high. Um, and I think that that comes from a number of factors. Um, I think going back to um, when Andy came in after 2019, I think that there was a lot of um, uh, kind of, I suppose, talk about players being themselves and, and um, being, being happy very much within the environment and having that kind of openness um, and, and ability to kind of speak out, ability to very much um, be themselves and, and work together and ask questions. Um, I think in the early days, you know, there was, and you would say there's, there's no such thing as a, as a silly question or a bad question. And he doesn't have to say that anymore now because I think players are very open open with each other. I also think that the um, the, the, the staff and the players, there's, a, there's an incredible connection, I think, between both, both groups. Um, staff, like, they're just so kind of, I think, humble and hardworking and just want to do their best for the team I think which permeates down through the team I think as well the players as well that they, they really appreciate it and I think from the player point of view um, there, there's, there's no egos they're incredibly humble um, there's an incredible kind of work ethic I think between the, the, the staff and the players um, the coaching team just they, they, they're working you know, so hard to make the players better which I think in turn builds the confidence and the belief. So I don't think it's something that you can you can build overnight. I think it's something that has been building for the last um, the last four years really. And I see now where everybody I think is, is comfortable in the system. Um, they they train hard. Their their habits are really good. Um, the coaches are drilling good habits into them um, morning, noon, and night. And I think the players. Have really embraced the, I think, the challenge of of being the best version of themselves every day, and I think that the the, the backroom staff, you know, whether it be in nutrition, or SNC, or medical, or operations, I think that they actually really um, step up to the plate. I think in giving that support and being the best version of themselves every day as well. So. Um, for me, it's you know it's a it's a privilege to be involved in in such a, an incredible environment with genuinely good people all around me.
that's it for today's Rugby Daily don't forget to subscribe to the OTB Rugby feed for these podcasts first which tomorrow I'll bring to you from Nantes till then take care and thanks for listening